Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody, please put a thumb in the air. Radio. That's right, Broad Street Hockey Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. I'm joined this morning by the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle, but we have a very special guest, the newly appointed president of hockey operations for the Philadelphia Flyers, Jonesy himself, Mr. Keith Jones. How you doing this morning, Jonesy? What, what, how's your life been the last couple days? It's been a whirlwind. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. I'm still, I'm in Florida right now getting ready for game three of the uh, Eastern Conference final, which has been crazy. A four overtime game, as you know, the other night, and then another overtime game that ended quickly in game two. But the hockey's been fantastic, and, you know, both teams deserving of being where they're at. But for me, it's more about looking at where we need to get to and, and what we need to do to get to that point. So lots of work to do up uh, coming up here pretty soon. At the same time, it's just been kind of, Kind of a crazy time in my life. You know, yeah, they're I, that's really I, working you in this conference final. They're really getting their money's worth out of Keith Jones. That's where yeah. I wanted to start. <laughs> that's where I wanted to start, Keith, was with the uh, – you're still doing your broadcasting gig. Like, I'm, I'm working Saturday night with Devin Caney, and we're in the middle of talking about the Sixers or something, and she just looks up at the TV and goes, there's Jonesy. And I guess it just hadn't occurred to me – that you still have to finish out your other gig. It's like the season is still going. What's that like? Like, what's the reaction been from your fellow broadcasters? You know, I had Liam McHugh on You Better You Bet the other day. He said he's a great guy, loves Philly, but they're going to need to get him a few new suits because he only owns two. Like, what's the what's the reaction been? It's been awesome, and it's been really great to have a chance to kind of close things out on you know, something that's been a big part of my life for the last 23 years, really since I retired. So it's a little bit uh, bittersweet in some ways because I have such good friends in this industry. Um, but great to talk, you know, with the, the coaches one more time. Two coaches I'm very familiar with and Paul Maurice, who I worked with in television, and Rod Brindamore, who, of course, I was teammates with in Philly. So those are just a couple of the people that I've had an opportunity to at least uh, connect with one more time before we start to compete against each other. But um, it's been really good, Bill. It's, it's been, uh, it hasn't been awkward. It's been great. And I'm a big believer in finishing what you've started as long as you can. I did that with Angelo doing radio, you know, at WIP. Kind of hung on there the last few years, even though I was getting busier and his uh, retirement kept getting extended. Uh, it was something that I was very happy that I did. And he's another person that I, I owe an awful lot to and getting me in the position I'm in right now. I think uh, I, 
I agree with that. I definitely owe quite a bit to Angelo and uh, getting to listen to you uh, all those years on the morning show. I think we all appreciate it. And you kept him in there a little longer, you know, made those mornings you were there a little easier, I think, for everybody. So, Jonesy, why do you think the organization, the leadership of the organization wanted you in particular in this role? Well, I think they were, first of all, curious if I would be interested in it. Um, that, that's kind of where it started. And then as the interviewing process went along, I think we both started to realize that uh, this is something that could work. Um, I was becoming more and more convinced through the interview, really digging in deep and kind of trying to figure out exactly what was going to make me tick in the my latter years of my career. And I missed the wins and losses. Uh, broadcasting is awesome. The only lose if you say the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> somehow did not. And uh, at this point, I just wanted to get back and try to find a way uh, to get the competitive juices brought to a different level. Um, and of course, with a team that uh, I obviously love and a city that I love, um, that's a big part of it as well. And I think that's probably some of what they recognized in me um, is that I care a lot about our fans. I care about the fact that hockey's kind of been on the back burner for too long. And uh, I want to be a part of trying to bring that back to, to where it used to be. And it'll get there. Uh, just look oh, yeah. at what Phillies did. And that was part of, you know, what I was pitching. The Phillies, you know, became a better team all of a sudden. And all the fans came out of nowhere. And that's what Philadelphia is about. So if we can put a winning product on the ice and at the same time show our fans where we're headed, I think that our fans will return. And so far, the reaction, at least in the from the people that I meet, has been really positive. It makes me feel like I made the right choice. Yeah, that's, I think that one of the things that's cool, sorry, Bill, one of the things that's cool about this is that I, I don't think there's a Flyers fan in existence that doesn't like Keith Jones. Like, it was a, a very yeah. smart, I mean, I, I don't think this was a PR move in any way. But in a way, you know, there's a lot of fans angry at the organization, a lot of fans disappointed with the organization. You bring in Keith Jones to kind of like right the ship and it's hard not to immediately get on board and be like, yes, like we're going to do this. Let's go. Which I think is is fun. Yeah. Which, which is, which is great, obviously. But at the same time, it's like you can win the press conference, but you better start to win on the ice. So (laughs) I recognize that there's a little window of, you know, quiet opportunity, but the real work has got to get started. And I, I think one thing that, I can, and it's not easy to ever talk about yourself in a positive light. This is not something that's comfortable for me. But one thing I've done and has been really in front of everyone's eyes is I've worked. Um, whether I was doing a game, you know, in Connecticut and getting back to do radio three hours later, uh, I somehow did not let that affect, you know, my job at that time. So little compartments have really been something that have served me well. And that work ethic wasn't always there for me. I wish I had it when I was a player. I think I would have been, you know, a more successful player. Um, but it, you never know when you're going to figure that part of your life out. So the work ethics there, um, I'm not going to be outworked. I can guarantee you guys that. Uh, I don't sleep a lot. I'm like a three and a half hour a night sleep guy. I wake up and I'm ready to go. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's all <laughs> Somehow, I would be lit, literally dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for half an hour, that's it. Like it's, and I'm kind of, I'm so used to it from doing the radio and the hockey and traveling mm-hmm. and all that was with it that 
I just started getting up whenever I would wake up. I just, I never liked laying there and I just would get up and start to do things and walk and, you know, work the old brain a little bit and thinking about different things that are going on in all of our lives. And then also recognizing that, um, you know, people are people. Everybody's got things that they're going through and you want to be there for your friends when you can and, and be available and then uh, try to help them solve problems if, if at all possible. So I think some of those qualities have served me well also. Like Kelly said, Keith, there's not, I don't know many people who are like, oh, effing Jonesy. Like, people are happy. Like, everyone loves Jonesy. But if there is one criticism, not just about you, but the combination of you and Danny Briere, you know, the interim tag being removed, he's the GM now. It's just another couple of former Flyers. What's the difference? Like, how do you respond to that uh criticism? Yeah, there's some uniqueness to both of us. I think from Danny's perspective, he chose to come here. He wasn't your prototypical Philadelphia flyer when he arrived. He's a smaller player. He's a skillful player. He's the type of player that we want, uh, the type of player that we're going to be searching out as we try to rebuild this thing. And I think that's a, a major positive to what Danny Breer bring, brings to the table. He's also got you know, the heart of a flyer. He was an extremely competitive player that played really well in the playoffs. Just think back to that run in 2010. Um, he also made my job easier because there were some tough lean years going on with the Flyers before he elected to come here. Um, and then he kind of helped turn that team around with guys like Pronger and Tiemann and Hartnell and et cetera that were added to the mix. Um, I like the fact that he stayed here a lot. I like the fact that he had all kinds of money and didn't have to go and run an East Coast League hockey team and, you know, learn all the nuances of what it is to, to run an organization. And then he didn't have to hang around and be an assistant general manager or, or an assistant to the general manager. Um, he did that because he wanted to do that. And I think those are qualities that really stand out to me about Danny Breer. I like that he stayed here. It's been more and more difficult to get players to hang around, especially as contract numbers have increased. Uh, but we want our players to stay, and we want our players to help recruit other time to recruit to get here to Philadelphia. When uh, when you look around the league, I, the list of the recent Cup champs, there's they, I think they all kind of have one thing in common, Jonesy like whether it's Colorado, Tampa, Washington, Chicago, Pittsburgh, either a generational talent, a number one overall pick, or several top three, top five guys. Why can the Flyers compete for a cup without that? Well, I think Carolina is a good example, Bill. I know they're down 2 nothing right now to Florida, but – they are a team that's really been built through the draft for the most part. And they've had some really creative signings along the way. I think they've really done an outstanding job of building their back end. I think you want to concentrate on that. You want to make sure you have six guys that play together in unison that all are uh, recognized exactly what their role is. Um, you need a number one. You need to find that guy. You don't have to find Jacob Slavin in the first round. I mean, it could drop down a few picks and, uh, those guys are out there. And I do think, you know, the Brady Shays on the back end, uh, our difference makers, Brent Pesci, these are not household names that jump off the page when you're thinking of players that were drafted really high. Um, I think those are really important pieces to build a Stanley Cup contending team. If you are picking in the top five, you don't want to miss. Um, there's no question about that. 
know, the, the Flyers obviously were set back with the Nolan Patrick selection when they were fortunate enough to jump up from whatever it was, 13 to two and, and then missed on, on under unfortunate circumstances. But there's no doubt that the draft is going to be an important part. And we want to really draft well, no matter where we're picking players. And if you look at Cutter Goche, uh, we got a really good player there. I mean, does it look Danny like you I, missed on him? No. no. And we weren't there to miss. Obviously yeah, that yeah. was done around obviously, but um, our, our, our amateur scouts did an outstanding job in selecting him. So Jonesy, you mentioned earlier that uh, you're having the opportunity to watch two of the best teams in hockey in the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes during this really, really good conference final, like better than I expected, actually. Um, what is it about these teams, these best teams in the league? What makes them the best teams in the league, in your opinion? They, they play together. They come together at the right time. So there's a little bit of luck involved there, especially when you're looking at Florida. They snuck into the playoffs. You know, they had the, the huge trade, the gutsy trade, with Matthew Kachuk coming over from Calgary moved over two very good players in return. And when you look at the regular season, guys, the Calgary Flames had one more point than the Florida Panthers. They had 81 points. And now the Florida Panthers are the team that's, you know, got a great chance of heading to try to compete for the Stanley Cup. That is uh, an incredible part of the story. But at the same time, they took that chance. They got a player in Matthew Kachuk that is a game changer. He, that style of player would be a perfect flyer. Uh, he's got every element. Really, he's perfect, perfect on any team. But guys like Brad Marchand and Matthew Kachuk do not come around very often, especially in today's game. 100-point getters that do everything else that you could dream of. Um, those guys help. I think that's a big part of what Florida's doing well. Goaltending has been outstanding. Uh, for both teams, but it's multiple options for Carolina. So it's not necessarily a number one guy. You can do it by committee if, you're, if your back end is built properly. That, that's the one thing that stands out to me, guys, is the, the blue line is so critically important for teams that advance. Look at Dallas and you look at Las Vegas, and there's a real common denominator when you really break it down and see what those teams are made out of. Uh, you wouldn't say that Vegas has incredibly good goaltending. I think they've used five guys and Aiden Hill's getting the job done right now. Uh, but I do think they have an incredibly solid defensive unit. And that's, that's something that um, I think we would really benefit by concentrating on. Uh, as I deal with my neighbor cutting the lawn right now, uh, <laughs> I, it keeps it's distracting the hell out of me, but uh in your introductory press conference, Jonesy, you talked about wanting to like honor the legacy of of Ed Snyder. What is it about you know Mr. Snyder that you want to carry on into this new era of Orange? It, not just <clears throat> messaging to the team, but messaging to the fans and being a part of the fans. I think it's a big part of what the Philadelphia Flyers have always been. They've not they haven't just been a hockey team they've been a member of the city of philadelphia they've been citizens they've been around they've been mixing in with people they've made people feel like they they were a part of something bigger than just going to a hockey game i, I think those are the things that mr snyder did an incredibly good job of um, and then on a, on a personal level he made you feel like you were part of something special i, I want our players to feel like they're in in the process of building something great. I want them to pass on that message to other players around the league. I want them to recognize that 
this is a special place to be and they're going to be treated in, in a special way. As long as they do the things that make them better players, you know, the, the accountability that John Tortorella has preached is a big part of what I think makes teams win. Um, and I think that he did a great job in laying that foundation last season. As we provide him with more talent, that's only going to continue to help this team come together. And our job is to execute on what we're looking to do and, and helping make this team, you know, a more competitive and eventually a perennial Stanley Cup contender. Um, but we're, we're focused on doing that in honor of Mr. Snyder. There is no question about that. He's done so much for so many of us. So it's not very often that you see someone go from the broadcast booth, you know, directly upstairs to, to run in the whole show. Um, what in your broadcasting career do you think that you'll be able to bring to this role that has prepared you for being the lead guy? Yeah, pretty much all aspects of it. The relationships matter. Um, that's a big part of it. Relationships with other general managers, other presidents. The one that I think is probably the one, the best comparable is John Davidson, who has you know, reached out to me already. We've had uh, a couple of conversations and we're going to dig in a little bit deeper. He is a man that I've looked up to, not just for what he's done, you know, since leaving the broadcast booth, but as a broadcaster, you know, he and Bill Clement really set the bar extremely high and the rest of us have been chasing it forever. They were, they were incredible talents. So um, I do have good friends that are in a similar position. Joe Sackick being one of them, who was a line mate and roommate when I was in Colorado. Uh, he's done some incredible things with that team, but he's also an incredible person. So Rob Blake is another general manager that I'm very close with, grew up with. Uh, there's a long list of people that I've established these relationships with. Also with the officials. I mean, I've had lots of conversations with, you know, Stephen Wacom over the years, George Peros over the years. I kind of know them on a different level. And I think um, those relationships will help us make sure that, you know, we're doing the things we can as an organization to make sure our players, uh, you know, are playing within the rules. Our players are doing things that are going to, going to benefit us, um, not uh, take away from what we're trying to do. Those things matter. And then I've seen the game from so many different angles, from upstairs, from some broadcasts, from down low, uh, between the benches, which is such a unique perspective. Um, you get to see kind of into the heart of the players because uh, you can see what they're kind of thinking and seeing the same way I would notice when I was playing against an opponent back in my playing days. So there's a, there's a lot there. It's a long answer, but I, I guess it should be because there's, you know, multiple facets to what I've done over the last 23 years. I would, uh, I would pay money to hear some of those conversations you've had with George <laughs> Paros, Jonesy. Uh, just with He's a smart guy. He is a very intelligent guy, a Princeton grad. I mean, Western Michigan and Princeton. I'd like to pretend there's comparables there, but George is a very, very intelligent guy. It's the Princeton of the Midwest, I've been told. Uh, yeah, now, Harvard, but yeah. Oh, oh okay. My, my fault. My <laughs> mistake. Uh, now you mentioned you like one of the things you want is for the Flyers to not just be the Philadelphia Flyers, but to be part of the city. What when you got traded here? Was there like a moment when you realized this place was different? Was it after, during your broadcasting career? Was it when you were a player? Was there a moment when you were like, oh, this is what makes Philly special or this is what makes Philly insane? Whatever it is, like what makes us different and when did you get it? I, I knew it before I arrived, Bill, because I played in the spectrum against the Flyers. So I 
knew when Dale Hunter looked over at me in the dressing room my first time into Philly, and he we were both obviously playing with the Caps, and we were line mates. He looked at me. We were up three to one. It was going into period number three. He goes, this score is just about right. We don't need to push it any further, boys, because you got up four or five to one against the Flyers. You were going to get your head beat in. So uh, that was <laughs> always stood out to me. The fans always pushed their team to to really, you know, play a physical game and make sure that their opponents recognized that wasn't going to be an easy night when they came into Philly. The game's changed now, obviously. Um, there's a, ways that you can still be a highly competitive team and show your fans that you care. Uh, I think you have to demonstrate every time you step on the ice that you care a lot, that you care about them and that you want to represent them in a positive manner. Um, but there's different ways of going about doing that now. And that's, you know, one of the adjustments that we have to make sure we make, we make, and I look forward to trying to help in, in doing that. So one thing that Flyers fans seem to care a lot about is who is the captain of the team. We talk to a lot of fans and that's a, a big thing that people tend to focus on. Um, whether it's, you know, putting more pressure on the captain like they kind of did with Claude Giroux or where we are now kind of wondering why don't we have one? Why don't they name one? John Tortorella has kind of suggested that he's not going to name one until someone steps up and kind of makes himself the captain, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. Um, what do you think the the C on the sweater in Philadelphia represents and why do you think it's so important to fans? Yeah, it is very important. There's, there's no question about that. There's a lot that goes with that captaincy. Uh, Eric Desjardins was a tremendous captain when I played here. Uh, he had such great leadership qualities. He, number one, represented himself in such a positive manner. Um, he led by example. Uh, when he spoke, it's, it meant a lot because he was not you know, an every game type talker. He spoke when it mattered the most. Um, he he was such a complete player at the same time. He had the respect of the officials. Um, that was always very important. I played with Joe Sackick in Colorado when he wore the C there. And obviously he led a superstar laden team. Um, and he did it in different ways. He didn't, you know, necessarily have to be the guy. He delegated in many cases, and players like Mike Keane and Patrick Waugh uh, at moments were the leaders of the team, and that's what a good captain does. He's he's not just about himself. He's a, a, a player and a person that's going to show you the way, and sometimes you might not even realize he's showing you the way. So it, it's an important uh, responsibility, and I do agree with Torts. It's worth waiting to make sure you get that guy. It's not something you want to give to a player one year and he's gone the next and give it to another guy the next year just because you think you need a captain. It's not how it works. And I've played with many players that didn't wear an A or a C on their sweater that were leading. And I think you want a lot of different guys contributing to that. But when you have your guy, you put that C on him and let him do what he's going to do. But it does take time to make sure you get the right guy to wear that. And I think we have some candidates, and I'm happy about that. Um, but I, John Tortorella will know. He's been behind the bench a long time. Um, I trust his instincts on that. I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk some about torts here, Jonesy. You know, I think a lot of times when we see these front office shakeups, it's okay, there's a new president and a new GM, but coaches are – 
infamously temporary. Like we always hear coaches are hired to be fired one day. It seems like Tortorella has a lot more responsibility. He's got a lot of say in what's going to go on. He's a part of this rebuilding process, which I don't know is always the case with the coach when you're in this situation that the Flyers are in. What's your relationship with him, and what's uh, what's his role going to be as more than just the coach if there is one? He's going to have a role in that, Bill. There's no doubt. I mean, our, my relationship is one that we started to build back in 2014 when we worked together doing television at TSN. He is a outstanding human being. I was so pleased that I got to know him away from both the bench and also the microphone, uh, which he was very good at when he did it. Uh, got a lot of headlines for some of the shocking things that he could say. But he is a good man. And he's an outstanding coach. I have lots of my best friends around the game that are coaches. And John Tortorella would be my choice to coach this team right now. Uh, I love what he did last year. I think that it was very important um, that we established a open relationship with our fan base for the most part. Let them in on what was happening and what needed to happen. Um, I don't think any of our players had doubts where they stood. Uh, as far as what he was thinking, he is very good at getting his message across. And two years ago, this team was really bad. This team would get down 3-1 to one and would lose 6-1. to one. Uh, Last year's team would get down 3-1 and it'd be 3-3 three, three and maybe 4-3 in the end on the losing side of things. But it was a much more competitive team. And those are the type of characteristics that John Tortorella brings to the table. Um, he is well-respected by many. Uh, I think there's a, a handful of people that did not like his coaching style. Uh, but for the most part, his former players, when they run into John Tortorella, are going to be shaking his hand or giving him a hug uh, because he has a real benefit eventually uh, on helping these young men become really good people. Uh, and I think that's part of the equation at the same time, making players better. And I think we saw some players show marked improvement last year. Owen Tippett came out uh, and turned into a really eye-opening player. Morgan Frost made outstanding strides in the second half of the season. So to see him and the progress that he made with some of the younger players uh, really makes me feel good about where this team is heading in the future. So November 12th, 1998, Keith Jones is traded from Colorado to the Flyers for one of my favorite players of all time, Sean Podine. Uh, who won the trade? Well, Pods won a Stanley Cup with Colorado after. <laughs> I guess I would say Pods, but it was a it was a time in the Flyer land that things needed to change because it's yeah. the team off to a poor start. And um, I provided them a spark. You know, I played with Lindros and Leclerc, and our line did uh, some really good things that year. Uh, we ended up losing to the Maple Leafs in round number one in a really low-scoring series where Eric was unavailable. Um, because of the punctured lung, I think. Um, so that was um, that was a really fabulous experience for me uh, coming to this team. I had was coming off multiple knee surgeries, so I would have loved to play here in Philly at 100%. Um, I did not. We do not want to add players like me coming over <laughs> anywhere that are kind of hanging on at the end of their career, but it – and the short term worked well. And obviously in the long term on a personal basis, it turned into a life changing experience for me. Um, 
it's just incredible when I look back and think about landing that night in Philadelphia and kind of looking at the city and reflecting on where I was coming from in Colorado and where I was headed to Philadelphia and then to look back now and think back on those days. I often think about it when I land in Philly. And as you guys know, I land there a lot uh, in my travels. And uh, it is a very special moment in my life being traded to the Flyers. I don't know, Josie. I think think maybe 30-year-old Keith Jones brings some intangibles that the Flyers could use, some leadership qualities. I don't think he would be a total waste on this team. Yeah, some some of those things do matter at the right time. Your team's got to be in that position when you add players like that. Um, We're not there yet, but uh, we're going to get there. And we will be looking for players that do have you know, some of those intangibles that uh, don't necessarily make the player a star, but they make those type of qualities make other players elevate their game. You need those type of people in your lineup. Mike Knubel was another good example of players like that came in and could make stars, uh, superstars, and make them, you know, continually go out there shift after shift and perform at a high level. Those type of players are important. Could you have ever imagined the next 25 years of your life when you landed in Philly, like in November of 98? Like, okay, I'm going to be president one day. That's absolutely ridiculous. But we watched you as a player, watched you in studio, heard you on the radio and on commentary. We've known you a long time. Is there anything that you'd like to tell us? Like, what don't we know about Keith Jones that makes you right for this job? Well, I guess one thing I would tell you, Bill, is I live day by day. I, I take nothing for granted. I know that at any moment things can turn. Um, and I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, have a medical appointment and come out of that thinking, oh, my God, things have gotten really bad. So I I look at life in a different light. I, I want to, you know, have a positive influence on people. But I don't take a thing. And I mean, hour to hour for granted, because I know things can can turn. So I guess that's something that um, a lot of people may not know about me, but that is absolutely how I am. I don't look forward too far. I, I'm, I'm day by day as far as making sure I'm grateful for what I have. And uh, that's something that I think has served me well. I don't think we have too many more here for you, Keith. Uh, thanks a lot for doing this. I just wanted to ask, if you could use this opportunity, this platform right now, speak directly to fans, like what's the one thing you want us to take away from now? There's a new regime. Things are going to be different. What do you want us to, what do you want the message to be? What we're going to do, not me, we're going to do everything we can to get this right. Uh, It's not going to be my team. It's going to be our team. And our team doesn't mean just the people that are working for the flyers. Our team means, the city, our fans. So we're, we we want you to feel proud of what we're doing and proud of the team that you cheer for. And that's what we're going to work very hard at trying to accomplish. That's, uh, that's all we wanted to hear. Uh, do you have anything else, Kelly? No, I don't think so. This was great. Thank you so much for doing this, Jonesy. Uh, yeah, we yeah. really appreciate it, Jonesy. Uh, good luck with everything. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Good to catch up with you both. Thank you. Absolutely. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. So <laughs> <laughs> you said any time. So I'm going to take Bye advantage. Years, buddy. See you, pal. <laughs> take you it easy, Jonesy. Bye-bye. Hey, I need Bill. I absolutely will. All right. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
<laughs> All right. That was great. That, that was Keith Jones. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It's always great hearing from Jonesy. Whether you're for the plan, against the plan, it's just another couple of flyers. You can't hear what he just said and be like, oh, fuck this guy, right? Like, no. you have to, listen, they've made no moves. There's no way to judge them yet. Kelly and I have both said we're going to keep an open mind because we want we want it to work. Yes. And he didn't say anything that was like a huge red flag there, right? Honestly, he's, it's more that he said stuff that I think is promising like and not even like things that he focused on just kind of like you know Danny Briere is a small fast skilled player we need guys like that like just okay. like a joke okay, like Jonesy. yeah a, a little joke like oh we don't need guys like me at 30 with bum knees like yes you know that shouldn't need saying but I, I'm glad he yeah. said it because exactly yeah. it is a, it used to be a Flyers thing. Like, oh, great. We got we got Paul Coffey, you know, 10 years after his prime. <laughs> cool. Like, that used to be a thing here. Uh, and I, I, I think it's important that, like, even when we're asking, asking him a question that isn't, like, directly about the direction of the franchise, he's going to throw in something just to – a little nugget for us to take yeah. away from it. Like, that was – that was good. Yeah, and – I mean, anyone that comes into a role like this is going to have motivation to fix it. But I feel like a lot of the time that motivation is ego driven, sort of like how we kind of assumed that John Tortorella wanted to take this coaching job because to be the guy that fixed the flyers is, you know, a pretty cool thing. Um, but with Jonesy, it really it it seems like he wants to fix the flyers because he loves the flyers. Yeah. And and that's not I know we. I mean, I personally, of course, hate the former player thing, but I feel yeah. like with with him, him specifically, and I don't even know if Briere, you know, qualifies for this, but him specifically, I think, cares so much about the team and the fans that he really is going to do everything that he can to fix it and use all of these relationships that he mentioned to kind of get things on the right track. And that, I I don't know how you could listen to it and not be excited about where it could go. No, that's, if you don't allow yourself to be, and I know, like we just came off of uh, a Sixers run where at the end of it, we all said, well, what the fuck did we think was going to happen? Of course they quit in game <laughs> seven. Of course they disappointed us. How could I possibly have let them back into my heart only to break it again? This is on me. Like, you know, I'm not even mad at the Sixers. I'm mad at myself for thinking it was going to be different. And I understand if you feel that way about the Flyers. I really do. Like, we're sitting here, Kelly and I. Uh, Kelly's the eternal optimist. I mean, she picks them to win the cup every year, whether she actually believes it or not. I don't know, but she does it. Like, we didn't want former Flyers. This is not the direction we were hoping they would go in, but... There is something to, I don't know, maybe I'm just uh, like, uh, I'm too nostalgic uh, to, uh, I can't think of the word, but sentimental, I guess. But when I hear, it, like, they want to honor Ed Snyder, not by being the reactive, crazy Ed Snyder, not even just, 
like by winning all the time, which is what the team did, you know, from the seventies through the nineties, but like just represent the city the way it's supposed to be. That does warm the heart a little bit. Uh, you know, like someone yes. who gets that about us, yeah. that the sports in this town aren't just a form of entertainment. They are a cultural thing. Yeah. That's, that's important to me. And he fully understands that it doesn't matter how negative everyone seems to be about the Flyers or, yeah. or how much people will say, like, I'm out on this team. He knows that the second this team is good again, that building's going to be full. People are going to be screaming. You're going to see Flyers gear everywhere all around the city. Like, the Flyers will be a thing again as soon as the hockey turns around. And I think he oh, gets like that. And he... He genuinely wants to bring that back to the city. Anecdotally, like I part of the reason I love being in this business is I'm just done paying for tickets. I feel like I did it for the first 30 years of my life and I'm over <laughs> it. Like I don't I don't pay to go to games anymore. That's just I'm I'm done with all that. And Sounds when nice all this still. when all this got announced, I called up Frankie and I'm like, yo, we should probably get Flyers tickets, right? Like, let's get in on the ground floor. <laughs> let's do it and he's like yeah i think we need to like so we're so we're like there when it happens and like we're there's something the matter with us but i love you too but like but like <laughs> we're genuinely like excited about what the direction of this thing could be and you're actually going to get me to pay to get back into the building i you know maybe it's Maybe this all goes up in flames in two and three years, and we're all goddamn morons for thinking it was going to be different. I don't see that happening. You know, and it's not like no. he's making grand promises either. I asked, like, what's the thing that you just want to tell the fans? Like, what's the message you want out there? And he said, we're going to do everything possible to get it right. He didn't guarantee a cup in 2027. You know, like, he said, <laughs> we're going to do everything we can to get this right. What the hell else can we ask for? And here's the thing. Like, it could go poorly no matter who they hired. Like, that's just how this thing is. Like, they could have brought in our Lord and Savior, Eric Tolsky, and he could do everything that he th thinks is the right thing to do to fix the team. And it could not go well for a million reasons. Draft picks not hitting guys getting injured, like anything could happen that could make a good plan go bad. So like, why not go into this with this man that's so positive and so likable and so obviously invested in the future of the team? Why not get on board with him and be like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Like, it's such, it's just so, so much like, more yeah. fun of a way like, to live. You could do what, like, Kyle Dubas did everything imaginable for the Maple Leafs. Like, got All them the everything moves, they for asked the for, part. constantly mm -hmm. brought in players, like, reshaped the blue line, goalies over and over again, got everything figured out. They're a fucking great team. Didn't work. Like, <laughs> didn't work. Sometimes shit yeah. just doesn't work for whatever reason. Yeah. Maybe that happens. I'm... Choosing to be optimistic. And like me too. Keith Jones doesn't need us doing PR for him. The Flyers are in the position they're in by no one's fault but their own. And I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, I'm not going to look at the moves they make and go, oh, this is going to work. They haven't made any moves yet. Like, when right. they make a move, I will react to it organically. 
But right now, just hearing what I'm hearing, I like what I'm hearing. Me too. Me too. Right. And I'm, we got anything yeah. else, Hanks? I don't think so, Bill. This was fun. All right. That was a uh, special interview with Keith Jones. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. You'll get great content like this as uh, this new regime gets underway. I think one of the things that they want to focus on is being more, more accessible, more a part of the community. And who's got a better Flyers community than us at BSH? And I don't mean me and Kelly and Steph and Charlie. I mean you, our listeners, and everyone who interacts with us. You're a big part of this thing, and I think the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, I'm going to tell you straight up, the conversations I have with the people in the organization, they know that you're a big part of this, and they're going to be more accessible for us. I think we're going to have opportunities like this going forward. So it's great things for the fans, great things for BSH, and hopefully great things for the Flyers. Thanks. Without question. Keith Jones at the draft party confirmed. (laughs) All right, that'll do do it for us. Do not fact check this. <laughs> yeah, don't fact check us. Just show up and hope he's there. You know, maybe Danny B too. Uh, say. <laughs> all right, that'll do it for us. Again, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Bill Matz for Kelly Hinkle. Have a great week, Philly. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah. Who's gonna score hockey What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.